Hello and welcome to the next episode of the podcast Discipleship in Challenging Times. My name is Peter Morden and I'm the Senior Pastor Team Leader at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Leeds. We read again from Psalm 119 and we read again from 2 Timothy chapter 1. We begin our reading in Psalm 119 from verse 57. First of all, we pray together. Lord, we just thank you for your word. Thank you for our access to it. Thank you that we can read it, that we can engage with it, whether it's in a a paper Bible, whether it's on our screens, our laptops, our tablets. Lord, your word is freely, freely available for us. And we thank you for this precious and wonderful and life-giving gift. Lord, we pray also now for the gift of the Holy Spirit, that your word might come alive and that it might be applied into our hearts and lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Psalm 119, beginning at verse 57. You are my portion, Lord. I have promised to obey your words. I've sought your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. Though the wicked bind me with ropes, I will not forget your law. At midnight I rise to give you thanks for your righteous laws. I am a friend to all who fear you, to all who follow your precepts. The earth is filled with your love, Lord. Teach me your decrees. And then over to 1 Timothy chapter 1, the close of this first chapter, we read verses 15 to 18. You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. Wow. We are introduced to some more characters here in this short reading, Phygelus and Hermogenes and Onesiphorus. And quite clearly, Phygelus and Hermogenes are negative examples to us. They deserted Paul in his hour of need. May we be faithful friends to others, even as the Lord Jesus 
is a faithful friend to us. May we reject these examples and be faithful to those whom God has given us to love. And we have the more positive example of Onesiphorus. It's really interesting to just read these short verses. We're not told about him apart from this. And we don't have enough to really build up a picture of his life. But clearly it is very positive. He has refreshed Paul and not been ashamed of his chains. He has searched for him. And then there are these really interesting words. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. It's really interesting, isn't it? The day is the day of Christ. Why will Onesiphorus need mercy in particular on that day? Well, we all need mercy on that day because we're only saved by the grace of God. And it may just be because of that. Onesiphorus is a Christian man and Paul knows that we all need the mercy of God. We need salvation by grace, past, present and future. But the way that Paul expresses this and the way that he talks about mercy in verse 16 are really interesting and they may indicate something. Number of commentators reflect on whether Onesiphorus is actually a Christian. He is a good man, putting good man in inverted commas, and a a good man indeed, someone who is faithful and loyal and is ready to go the extra mile for the Apostle Paul when others, even Christians, have deserted him. Uh, A good man, uh, an upright man, someone who is a, a moral man, someone who is sinned, flawed, obviously, as we all are, but someone who has uh, a heart that is attractive. I wonder if Onesiphorus was actually someone who we might describe as a not-yet-Christian. He and his household have not yet stepped over the line. Paul knows him. Paul has witnessed to him. Paul has shared with him. Timothy knows him. But Onesiphorus is not yet a believer. He needs to know the grace and mercy of God. Someone in times of old and the 18th century evangelical revival was a a revival preacher and went to stay at the home of a lovely and friendly unbeliever. And they were impervious to the gospel. They wouldn't respond to it, but they still took care of this guy and of his needs. And then the guy went away and the people in the home went up to clear in his bedroom, the one where he had been saying, and they saw that he had left a note. And the note simply said, one thing you lack, one thing you lack. And of course it was that lack of a commitment to Jesus Christ as Saviour and Lord. Perhaps you know someone like this. Perhaps you know someone like Onesiphorus who just lacks that one thing. 
you know, they're a, they're a good person, maybe a loyal son, a loyal daughter. It may be a someone that you know who's been a, a friend over many years and they've been faithful to you, they've been loyal to you, they've been there when you've needed help, but they are not yet a believer. Does it matter? Well, Paul says it does. He is imploring here for the salvation of Onesiphorus and his household. May God have mercy on him on the day of Christ, on the day of Christ's return. May you plead for your friend as well, your friend who just lacks one thing. And may God answer your prayers. Let's pause and let's pray now. And once again, we use these prayers from the Evangelical Alliance. Gracious God, as we struggle and juggle a new way of life, stir a hunger in our community that only you can fill. May we come alongside the people in our streets and towns, sharing the hope that we have in you. We pray for those making key decisions. We pray for medical experts, politicians and public leaders. Grant them wisdom, compassion and integrity. May they not be overwhelmed by the responsibilities placed upon them. Amen. And now a prayer of my own. Lord, we lift before you the people in our world, in our lives, who are like Onesiphorus, people who are loyal and loving and moral, who do good things, who are our friends and neighbours and colleagues, and yet they lack this one thing, they don't know you as Saviour and Lord. Lord, our hearts cry out to you for the Anesiphoruses in our lives. May they come to you in repentance and faith. Have mercy on them, O Lord, we pray. Indeed, may we come alongside all such in our streets and towns, sharing the hope that we have in you. Stir a hunger in them that only you can fill. We think of the words of Augustine that our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. Lord, that's so true. Stir people up, make them restless Make them seekers after you, we pray, so that they can find true rest, true salvation, true mercy by putting their trust in you. And Lord, we pray not only for the ones and the twos, but for the whole households. We are mindful of how Paul says here, Lord, have mercy on the household of Onesiphorus. Lord, for whole households, for extended families, for people under one roof and under many roofs, we thank you for the stories in the book of Acts where whole households made their commitment to you. May there be a great turning to you in our nation. 
whole households, whole families, whole groups of people coming to know you as Saviour and Lord, the great joy that that will bring to them and to us. So, Lord, pour out your Spirit, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.